It's Jazz 88, and I'm connecting with Lakeisha Benjamin, a saxophonist and composer who is riding high on the success of her recent release, Phoenix. The record has been sitting at the top of the Jazz Week charts, and I'm getting the sense that about 90% of jazz festivals in the world are booking Lakeisha Benjamin. Miss Benjamin, even from a distance, I can see how demanding your schedule is. Thank you for taking the time to chat with Jazz 88. Oh, thanks for having me, man. This album, Phoenix, is a joy to listen to, but I don't know what the process of recording it was like. What was the most joyous day of making the album Phoenix for you? To me, all of the days were amazing just to have that caliber of talent in the room, that kind of, I guess, prestige. And it was just an honor to be surrounded by those guys. And then just to sum it all up when it all got finished and mixed and mastered, just to realize that this is like a dream come true on a disc. Well, you know what? It's a dream come true to listen to, and you got a lot of great jazz artists on there, but I wanted to ask about one of the poets because we're talking during National Poetry Month, and you had Sonia Sanchez on two tracks. In fact, we listened to Blast on the radio a couple days ago, right when uh, National Poetry Month started off. What was it like uh, to work with Sonia Sanchez on the release? Um, Phenomenal. She was actually one of the guests that I spent maybe three to four days a week for three to four hours uh, a time we spoke for like three or four months before she even recorded her part. So I got to just talk to her about her life, what she's into right now, what she's focusing on, how she thinks about the world. So that kind of mentorship and just, I guess, bonding and experience with like a living legend like that doesn't come like every day when you do a project with them. So in total, we're talking about like tens of hours of you connecting with one of the world's great poets in preparation for a couple tracks on a disc. Is that is that what you're saying? Technically, yes. <laughs> That's an amazing amount of time for her to be willing to share with you and vice versa. But, you know, she's a legend and that's incredible that she has that type of enthusiasm for a young artist who's making her way. What was it like to talk to somebody of that caliber for that long? I'm sure some of the stuff might just be for the two of you to understand. But for what you can share with the public, what did you all talk about? In the beginning, she just wanted to know about me, what of her work do I admire to, what are some of the things I'm looking to get from her in this collaboration. I view all of my guests as mentors. I'm always asking questions. I just started asking questions. You know, what was Malcolm X like? How did the air feel? How did these people smell? Did they like coffee? Like, what kind of activities were you doing outside of all the things we read about in books? You are a composer's composer, Lakeisha Benjamin, because I feel like it's those small answers that give you some of the big images to really understand a Malcolm X or something like that, is to get inside of it in a way that only somebody who lived it has. So seems like you uh, deployed your time with Sonia Sanchez uh, very well. You're with Jazz 88, and I'm chatting with Lakeisha Benjamin, who has been uh, just on the top of the jazz world. Every week I'm hearing about a new festival that you're curating, a new festival that you're performing at. That's a beautiful thing, and I think you utterly deserve it, but I also know it's a lot to manage, and I'm I'm curious, how are you doing with that? How are you sort of managing this this real rise in acclaim and awareness? How are you managing it personally? Um, I'm trying to do it in humility, but that's like the way I live. But I guess I'm also trying to find the energy and the time to time manage. Luckily, I'm a pretty organized person, so I'm just trying to find actually the energy and the space and what days I'm off on tour, what days I'm not, when am I going to have my meetings. But it's definitely been some growing pains in this new process to just go from, you know, having more free time during the pandemic to just nonstop days and nights. It's really been like a whirlwind of things. I'm trying to uh, handle it, like I said, tiny and just be organized. I got a question uh, specifically about your saxophone playing, Lakeisha. I love a lot of sax players that don't have this energy, but your playing is enthralling. I don't want to ignore it. It 
calls me into the music and it reminds me oftentimes uh, more of a human voice than some sax players in the sense that when you're playing I don't want to talk when you're playing I want to think about what you're thinking about not about whatever I've been thinking about before the song Phoenix in particular there's rhythmic things that you do in your performance that just seems so technically difficult but also um, so conversational and more than conversational more like oratorial how do you get so much personality and so much rhythm into your sax playing in, in, in the way you do Wow, that's a big compliment. I mean, I think rhythmically, I guess my start wasn't jazz. It was more like merengue and salsa and Latin music. So my first gigs were keeping people on the dance floor. That was my job for like six, seven hours. So I do think of rhythm before I think of anything else. I guess I could think of tone first and then rhythm. Uh, I mean, maybe I guess tone wise, I'm assuming that's just an extension of who you are and an extension of everything going on inside of you. I mean, one of my first gigs with Clark Terry, and that's a guy that made his living for a long time playing on a hose before he get a trumpet. So he had a very unique sound. So in the beginning, you, you need a unique way to express yourself. Well, to have that combination is a tall order, but you deliver it on this music that we've been listening to from the album Phoenix. I'm chatting with Lakeisha Benjamin. I'm just very excited about this record, Phoenix. Uh, Lakeisha, I scoured the website. I don't think there's any dates on the books for you right at this moment in the Twin Cities. Do you know if I'm correct in that, or are you just sort of figuring out where to pack your suitcase for for the next week at this point? Oh, no, I would totally tell you. Okay. Um, there's some dates that I can't announce because, you know, people, like, you know, announce in a delayed fashion. Right? But yep, I got you. I have been on them to get something at Dakota's or somewhere. I've definitely been on them. <laughs> well, we will be waiting with bated breath because uh, it would be incredible to see you live. I wanted to chat about uh, two other guests uh, that really stood out to me on your record. The tune that we've actually been playing the most on Jazz 88 is with Diane Reeves, and I love the tune. I love the sound of Mercy. I'm, I'm a big Georgia Ann Muldrow fan. I think this is one of the first times where I've heard her on something that I might think of as sort of a jazz with a capital J record, although who knows what these genres mean at this point. How did you connect <laughs> with Georgia Ann Muldrow? And how was it to work with her on the tune, Phoenix? Uh, it's been amazing. We've had a couple collaborations over the time period. Probably knows me better than anybody. I felt on that title track, I really wanted to just state, I guess, the kind of state I was in, the mindset I was in after my car accident, after everything had happened. So she's one of the people that I think is almost like a, a young genius, you know, like she's old and wise in one step and in another step, completely youthful and vibrant. So... Now, this recording, again, we've talked about a bunch of the impressive guests, and obviously it's a, a recording that was recorded across a, a period of time with different cooks in the kitchen. Do you have designs on at some point in your career doing more of like a date where you just go, here's the rhythm section, here's the tunes, we're recording it in one day, that type of recording? Or you, do you want to keep on doing these kind of uh, studio collaborative, bringing the guests situations? Um, I've always been a collaborative person. You know, I feel that for my generation, it's harder to meet these legends, and they're not at Dakotas anymore. They're not at the Blue Note. Yeah. They're not at these places anymore, especially since the pandemic. They're kind of more hidden away. So the only way to learn the music is from them. So I found a, a kind of pocket way to learn from them and keep our relationship going after these albums. So I do enjoy that element, and I'm kind of in that period. But I think I should clarify, we, we always record in two days or one day the whole entire album at one time. We do not go through a full production. That's a trip, because honestly, <laughs> just looking at the names, I'm going, oh, they must have done a little of it in Miami. They must have had to travel across. I figured you and Terry Lynn Carrington probably had a big hard drive that you were shuffling off to different studios. So this is still like a pretty concentrated recording session. You just reached the people, planned it out, and made it hit within a matter of days. Is that correct? Yeah, a little bit. So in Pursuance the Coltrane's, we did everybody two days in the same room same time we just kind of shuffled them in you know Gary Bartz and Reggie come in go out for Phoenix because of the pandemic and let some some of the guests are elderly we brought the band in for two days and just recorded the entire thing and left a space for each guest 
And then the next day, we had them all recording while I listened to it over over. If they were in LA recording, I listened to them recording it in the studio. And we con- we conducted it that way, and then we called it. The proof is in the pudding, because those are both fantastic records, but maybe that's why I can still hear so much energy on this recording. It's 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 really beautiful, and we've talked about a lot of the name guests, but I did want to give a special shout-out. Josh Evans, we just saw Josh Evans. He came through town to play with Chris McBride at the Dakota, and he sounded unbelievable at that gig, and he also sounds so spectacular and plays on most of the tunes on your record. Have you worked with Josh for a long time? I have not worked with him in a professional capacity for a long time, but I've always been wanting to work with him and get something done. I mean, trumpet is a hard instrument to find the young lions. (laughs) So he's somebody that is phenomenal at what he does. And he's hard to find. The harder you are to find, the more I'm coming after you. I like it. Uh, Is anybody else on your list of like, okay, I got to connect with this great, collaborate with them so that I can have that connection to their lineage and to their story? Yeah, Kenny Garrett. That's a good call, Keisha Benjamin. Yeah, he's been escaping me for a while, but I'm persistent. I believe it, and especially hearing your story and navigating uh, the hardships of a a very trying car accident, like to then see you get to this. Kenny Garrett, watch out. Ms. Benjamin will be finding you. I can assure you of that because uh, you seem to have um, an indomitable spirit uh, to make happen what you need to make happen on this planet. Uh, Lakeisha Benjamin, I really appreciate you chatting with Jazz88. I know you said you got some people in Minneapolis or in the Twin Cities area. Is there anybody you want to shout out uh, before we bid you farewell on this day? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll shout out uh, Miss Carolyn Sampson. You know, good. To, um, hopefully we'll get out there to Dakota soon. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Lakeisha Benjamin, I really appreciate the music you make. I appreciate you chatting with Jazz88, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Oh, thank you. You too.